The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Football is in full effect, brother, with many teams strutting their stuff. You may not be at the game this year. Well, depends what, you know, rules your franchise or team has, you know, for guidelines. But you know what? You can still get on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on all the action possible this season. Game spreads and totals, the team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use the promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. All right, guys, welcome to another Pick Panther Rants, another Sports Rants podcast. Vlad Harris, your host. Brought to you by Armchair Media. Take a hashtag, take a seat. Happy, well... It's Thursday morning now because I'm recording this at 1 o'clock in the morning. Actually, it's one seventeen now. And as I talk, Pitt is now 4-4. Four and four. They've killed their four-game losing streak. Kenny Pickett is back and all, all is right in the world. Yeah. Now, this week there was some, uh, as you guys know, Paris Ford opted out. And there's still, you know, some rumblings going on about that. The thing with Paris Ford is, supposedly he was on social media and he took some crack at the pit coaches. Supposedly on an Instagram video. I don't have Instagram, so I really don't know what he said. And to be honest with you, I really don't seem to care anymore. Paris Ford is no longer Pitt. When he was here, I appreciate all, all that he did for us on the field. But that's, you know, that's it. He's gone now. So I really don't. Whatever he, whatever he's doing has no concern to me. Uh, it's whatever's going on is between him and the coaches. I mean, that's between him and the staff for the most part. So it's really none of our concern what's going on with him. You know, he put his time in, and he was going to be a you know, obviously has a chance to be number one pick. And that's where his focus is at. And, you know, that's fine. You know, sure, people aren't too happy that he opted out in the middle of the season. And I get it. But I understand why he did it. So, regardless, business is business. And, you know, he's got to look out for, you know, the way things were going. Anything can happen. And... The way the offense was playing, he probably at, the, at that point is he was he was probably better off opting out. But he got some time and got some gameplay in. 
the way he does at the next level is on him. You know, that's all it is. It's on him. I mean, he he can now controls his own destiny. Once he once he gets picked, gets drafted, gets into train camp and you know and whatnot, all that is on him. And we just gotta hope that he whatever tools the staff gave him, if anything, prepared him for the next level. You know, whatever teachings the you know the staff tried to give him, if they gave him any, I hope they did, prepares him. You know, I know there was I know he was his fresh freshman year, he was a they put him as a scouting team quarterback. You know, I'm not sure what happened there. I mean, I'm not sure if he was even ready to play. He may not have been ready yet. I mean, he obviously is ready now. I mean, he can probably he can play in the pros now if he wants. But, uh, yeah, that's just that. So, you know, he's moving on, and it's pretty much, you know, time for us to move on from it. And whatever happens, it's just that's on him and the staff. I mean, that's between them two. Between them two groups. Now, Pitt played at Florida State last week, and I said if, you know, if Pitt had to go without Kenny Pickett, they would still win the game and it would be low scoring. You know, I, I said I was, I was drinking the Kool-Aid, and they would still win the game. Well, they did. They won, and Kenny Pickett played, and all, all was right in the world. Florida State was a minus two for that game. Yeah, they were a minus two-point favorite. And yeah, that was a really good. That was a really good chance to uh, go and hammer that one because Pitt was going to win that one. And Florida State, I mean, I think Jordan Travis will be a decent quarterback. He's he reminds me a lot a lot like Lamar Jackson, but he's more of a runner, and he, and and it showed that he was more of a runner because he wasn't all that great of a thrower. So hopefully Norvell can figure some things out. Uh, James Blackman, he played because Travis was hurt at the half. He got hurt. He didn't come back. Blackman comes in, and he was 0 for 2, and his actually his only completion was an interception, and now he's in the transfer portal. I mean... It's probably best that he goes to the transfer portal because I just don't think he's ever going to see the. I mean, he was a. Three, I think he was a two, three-year star at Florida State. God, how did he ever make the team? I mean, Florida State had to be had to be much of a had to be, had to be a really hot mess if that was their quarterback. Kenny Pickett, twenty-one and twenty-seven, two hundred ten yards. 83 QBR. And Pitt actually ran the ball pretty well, which was, you know, Florida State's, you know, defense isn't that good. I mean, they had 37 carries for 148 yards total, 4.0 yards per carry. Vincent Davis, 13 carries, 50 yards. Nick Petty had two rushing touchdowns. I mean, when they needed it, they got the, you know, they got the runs, you know, when they needed it. Jordan Addison, 11 catches, 127 yards. No touchdowns, but 
still, I mean, he's been the he's been the glue guy. Jerry Wayne two catches sixty six yards. Trey Tipton two catches twelve yards. That's about it. I'm not sure what's happening with Taysom Mack. If he's still hurt or. I guess he is. I mean, he didn't play for this game, and yeah, Mac didn't travel to the Florida State game, and yeah, I'm not sure what's his deal. I guess he's still hurt, but he was one guy I thought that was really going to take off this year after last year, and he just really didn't, and I'm not sure how his pro, but I mean, he got he's got potential to be a really good pro receiver. But if you can't catch the ball consistently at, in the, at the NFL level, they're not they're not you're not going to get much of um, of a sniff. But on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, Servosia Dennis, he continued his tear. I mean, he. Seven total tackles, two sacks, three tackles for loss. A.J. Woods, same thing. He had seven total tackles. Actually, I mean, A.J. Woods, I, that was A.J. Woods. A.J. Woods had seven tackles, and plus he had a pick. Brandon Hill in his first game, taking over for um, Paris Ford, he had a pick. And on top of that, he had seven tackles for Solo. I mean, so, I mean, Pitts, look at the defensive stats here. Pitts' defense just tore it up. I mean, they just big time, they tore it up. You know, Forrest, I mean, they just pit beam and everything. And look at the team stats, I mean... Pitt gained him 350 to 290. They outrushed him. I don't, I don't think we've ever rushed outrushed our opponent all, at all this year. Before states were giving up on the ground, we all passed him. We did it. We outdid every. Yeah, we outdid him on everything, and which is kind of an oddity for you know for Florida, you know, for being Florida State. But hell, I'll take it. I'll take it any way I can. Now around the ACC, we had some exciting games. On Friday night, we had Miami and NC State. It looked like NC State was going to pull that one off, but Miami came back and won in 44-41. Derrick King, he hit over 40 yards passing, five touchdowns. I mean, without this guy, Miami's not 6-1. Pitt should have beat Miami, even without Kenny Pickett. Pitt should have beat Miami and didn't. But the NC State now down to four and three total. I mean that NC State loss looks worse and worse for Pitt. And golly. Clemson lost in their game forty seven forty in overtime. Clemson had an opportunity to, to uh, close that game out but just didn't couldn't do it. And the fact that they almost beat their game with their backup quarterback says a lot. I mean Notre Dame obviously goes number two in the rankings, and rightfully so, but I think Notre Dame will obviously be in the college playoff. I'm not sure about Clemson, though, if Clemson's going to get in. They they might, depending on how the other conferences are just, you know, bitching things up. Liberty beat Virginia Tech 
Liberty's now 7-0. I watched this game and talk about a roller coaster. I mean, Liberty drives down the field and they attempt a long field goal. Virginia Tech blocks it and runs it for a touchdown, only to, only to, to um, only for them to um, have a call back because their coach, their coach, called timeout to freeze the kicker. And that's the thing I don't understand why coaches freeze their kickers on long field goals, especially. I don't. I don't, I don't get. I mean, I don't get Justin Fuente's uh, thought process. You're playing against Liberty. Liberty's kicker obviously isn't Gary Anderson. Why would you freeze him on a long ass field goal? It just doesn't make sense. Because he's gonna have to line drive the freaking. The, the, he's gonna have to line drive the kick for for for, for starters. Because he's not, he's gonna have to get distance. You know, it just doesn't make sense. And to top it off. They run one more play, Liberty does. And it looks like they're going to throw the ball up for Hail Mary, I guess. And Virginia Tech gives these, gives these guys the most generous cushion on the man. And you know what they do? They throw a quick pass and gain extra 10 yards. <laughs> and then Liberty gets a closer field goal and they kick it and they win it. I mean... I thought Tech would be a lot better than what they, you know, they're four and three now. I mean, it's, I don't know. North Carolina defeated Duke 56-24. Duke's a hot mess. Boston College beats Syracuse barely 16-13. So, yeah, Dino Babers is gone, and they're obviously losing recruits, so there's that. Now, around the top 25... Was there any noteworthy games? Well, there was BYU and Boise State on Friday night, and BYU won 51-17. Uh, Florida beat Georgia 44-28. So I guess you can take Georgia out of the whole college football playoff equation. Cincinnati destroyed Houston 30-10. So Cincinnati continues on a little, little romp. Texas A&M wins 40-3 over South Carolina. And um, A&M's, you know, they're, they're having, a, other than that Bama hiccup, they're having the heck of a season. Oregon beats Stanford. Indiana defeats Michigan 30-21. So, Jim, you know, the Jim Harbaugh era is kind of, um, well, here's the thing about Michigan is they went from White Carr and then they went to Rich Rodriguez. And... You're going from a pro style to Rich Rodriguez's system, which is a whole lot different. And then by the time Rodriguez has his system in, you fire him, you go to another coach, and then you, he's barely there a few a few years, and now you go to Jim Harbaugh. So Michigan's just a it's it's a mess. But uh, as far as the rest of the top 25, not a whole, nothing really uh, to, um, you know, to see. Uh, Penn State lost to um, Maryland, 35-19. And I'll be honest, this game wasn't even close. 
It was 35-7 in the second half. I'm not sure what's going on with Penn State. Defensively, I have no idea what's going on with them. They're, I think, um, if anything, the Indiana game may have exposed some deficiencies. And it carried over to the Ohio State game, and it's carried over onto the Maryland game. So, especially in the passing game, on pass defense especially, there was just a lot of deficiencies. And maybe, I think Indiana, you know, when it, when Penn State's defense melted down against Indiana, they, you know, Ohio State picked up on it, and they exposed it, and now Maryland just took them to the woodshed. It wasn't even close. And on top of that, their Penn State's offense can't get off the ground. I think one thing that's really hurting Penn State is the fact that they had to go right in the conference play for this season. If they would have had their non-conference schedule, and I think Virginia Tech was on it, Virginia Tech and I think a bunch of other cupcake games, I think, having that out-of-conference schedule was vital for teams like Penn State because... They use these games to work out the kinks on her on her offense, because for starters, Penn State's is Penn State Penn State has a new offensive coordinator, so they're kind of bringing a new offense, and they have to, they have to do it right in conference play. And on top of that, every game you've watched, they can't seem to get off the ground running in the first half. And then the second half, they're playing catch-up. And usually against Indiana, teams like Indiana, they can get away with it. But this time, they, they weren't able to because Indiana forced overtime. Ohio State, they definitely couldn't get away with it. They tried. They tried to come back, but it just wasn't good enough. Maryland, Maryland was supposed to be bad this year. I mean, they were bad last year, but Maryland just... They didn't pull no punches. They just can't. They just they just what came and destroyed them. And by that time, it was too late. But talking to some other Penn State, you know, a lot of my buddies are Penn State fans, and to them, this season's kind of a th- given the pandemic. It's this has been a throwaway season for them, and that's how they, that's how they view it as a throwaway season, and, and they're not really using it to judge James Franklin. Quite frankly, I think you don't judge him by this season at all. I mean, he's ever since he's been to Penn State, they've been a consistent top 10, top 15 team. I think you let him, you know, you let you know, you let him weather the storm because he's he hasn't done enough. He hasn't done anything to get himself fired yet. But yeah, but now, folks, let's take a stop here for a minute. Um. The election's over. And you know what? Now you can put all your political differences aside as you know the as the country's starting to open up. And of course, you want to get back in the dang scene and back to you know, doing the things that you did before. Maybe call up that girl from a you know that you were hooking up with before the pandemic. Or maybe you were talking to her. Or, you know, depending on your lifestyle, maybe it's a guy. But you know what? You want to be ready. You want to make sure you're nice. You know, you're, you're well-groomed. 
So that's why there's Manscaped. With a lawnmower 3.0, it's got skin safe technology. It's going to be a life changing experience for you when you're when you're shaving down there. No nicks or cuts. It's not going to ruin your evening. So in case that person wants to get a little frisky, you got to say, oh, you know, I got kind of a headache. Yeah, I just can't do it. Yeah. Where in, where in reality is because you, uh, you know, you, you, know you, you drew first blood on your nuts. So go to manscaped.com. Use a promo code armchair. You get 20% off and get your, off your purchase. You get, you know, shipping free. And you get lots of goodies. You know, you, you, know, you get the... The Lawnmower 3.0, you get the Crop Preserver, which is the ball deodorant, and lots of other cool stuff. And of course, don't forget you guys, if you don't have you know, dang on your mind, go to betaline.ag, use a promo code armchair and play some bets. Plenty of things to bet on, plenty of props, live bets, have fun with it. Now Pitt this week has Georgia Tech. And this is a um, 6 p.m. Central Time kickoff. Seven, you know, seven Central kickoff. Uh, let's take a look at the. Uh, I think it's also on the ACC network. Oh no, it's on ESPN three. How lovely! Well, that's good for some of you because some of you can't stream the ACC network. And you know what? I was thinking about switching to Comcast for faster internet. And I realize I don't carry the ACC network, so that's kind of be, that's definitely a deal breaker for me. Although the salespeople that were at my driveway were convincing me to uh, switch with them on the on the fly, and that just wasn't going to you know just wasn't going to work with me. But as far as these two teams go, Tech is two and five overall. Pitt obviously four and four overall. Now statistic wise. Pitt's uh, scoring more per game than, than Georgia Tech is. Offensively, though, Georgia Tech is uh, pulling up more yards. They're, they're, they're 20 yards passing a game, 167 yards rushing per game. So running more, they got a better running game than Pitt. Passing game, probably not the same as us. Defensively is a different story. You know, Pitt's allowing 70 yards on the ground, 270 yards, 17 yards in the air. Georgia Tech is aligned 268 yards in the air and 202 rushing. And the last game they played was against Notre Dame, and they lost 31-13. Before that, they lost to BC 40-27, and before that, they lost to Clemson 73-7. So they've lost their last three games. Their last one was against Louisville. Now, we would be the perfect team for them to beat. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think um, after what Pitt did to Florida State, I think Pitt's going to keep on the momentum. I know Pitt last year struggled with this team. This time around should be a little different. I think Pitt is going to pass all over them like they did Florida State. And Pitt's defense is going to swallow them up. So I'm not going to use too much energy on this whole preview thing. I like Pitt, and I like Pitt to win. Um, in fact, what's the spread in this game? Uh, 
Pitt's a minus six and a half. I think Pitt covers this. Pitt's gonna, yeah, Pitt's definitely gonna cover this. Now for the rest of the um, ACC for this weekend, my Virginia Tech. You know that's obviously a big game. Tech is a minus two and a half, which is I feel is kind of odd because I don't think they've really done enough to make themselves you know that much of a favorite. Um, I think Miami wins this one. Wake in North Carolina. North Carolina's a minus thirteen and a half. Wake isn't going to beat North Carolina, but I think Wake, I think Wake will cover this game. Wake tends to give teams a hard time, so yeah, I'm definitely going with that. Notre Dame a thirteen and a half point favor over Boston College. These two tend to have you know, they tend to have some interesting run-ins with each other. But Notre Dame's close to a two touchdown favorite, and I'm not sure how Jerkovic's going to do against this, against his defense. It's a much different one. Ah, I take Notre Dame in this one. Louisville, Virginia. Virginia just isn't good this year, so I'm going with Louisville. Florida State, NC State. NC State's minus 9.5. I'm definitely going with NC State. As far as the rest of the uh, top 25, well, Penn State does have Nebraska. Nebraska sucks this year, so Penn State should be one and three after this year. Although they're, they're not top 25, I just figured I would just throw that wrinkle in there. Now, as far as the rest of this whole um, slate goes, mm, not much really else. I mean, there's USC and Arizona, and nobody really cares about the Pac-12. Wisconsin, Michigan. Wisconsin's finally coming back. Uh, Wisconsin's minus four and a half. Uh, no, I think I think Wisconsin is going to take Michigan in the woodshed, regardless of the, their COVID status. And that's really about it, is because a lot of the other games are postponed. I mean, Alabama, Alabama, LSU is postponed. Ohio State, Maryland canceled. I mean, there's so many games that are just postponed due to COVID. But that's that. Now the election is over, and I'll give my thoughts on that. You know, it was a very close election, and it's still going on. I mean, I don't, I don't think Joe Biden's the president till till the day he is sworn in. But I can see why the other side is suing or whatnot, forcing the counts. And, you know, Fox News supposedly is hated now for some reason. I have no idea why. I never got it, but anyways, you know, this was a big election. People voted. I mean, there's one thing I can hand to Donald Trump is he made this election like a college football rivalry. In fact, this thing was bigger than a college football rivalry. I mean, this was like people were just in all People went out and voted in full force. People had their signs on. They had flags on their trucks. I mean, or cars. I mean, this was a this was a big thing. I mean, this was like a this was bigger than a college football rivalry. I mean, it was it, that's what it felt like though. People just went out and they they played. They performed. So I just hope you know future elections people have the same energy regardless of your party. I mean, just go out and vote. I mean, that's. That's the important thing to do. I mean, 
I think celebrities, I think they had the right, right idea of telling people they got to vote. But on the other side, but don't tell people, don't tell people who you're voting for. Don't say, get a vote, and this is, who I'm, this is who I'm voting for and why. Just say, tell people, get a vote. That's all you need to do. Anyways, I'm just going to leave it at that because anything else is just a pissing match. But how to pick, guys. Have a great weekend. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.